Oh, hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Educational. Oh, learn a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow while the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Alrighty, well, welcome. Take home edition. Fight Back 2020. It is July 7th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. I'm headed home. And I am tired. Long day for Will today. But I'll tell you what. You know, there's a lot that one can be concerned with happening in the world today, happening in our country. So it doesn't take a lot for me to be encouraged. I am... You guys will have guessed that I'm a fairly gregarious person. And... Um, but I, what I don't do in my workplace, generally speaking... I don't bring up politics, especially where I work. I work around a, a lot of younger people who are a little bit more to the left than I am, than the, than the, than the old man is normally. Um, but what I'm telling you, and I don't bring up politics around our guests, uh, where I work, but I have students, and I'm getting some younger co-workers who are bringing up stuff around me. Asking me questions. Now, my my rule has been, I won't bring it up, but if you ask me a question, you better damn sure be ready for the answer. If you engage me in conversation about this or that, whether it's COVID, whether it's Trump, whether it's Obama, whatever it is, you better be ready for what I got to say. Because I'm not going to, ba- at that point, you have opened the door. You have opened the door. I didn't bring it up. You did. So you may not like my answer. You may not like my train of thought. You may not, not may not like anything I have to say after, after that point. But I'm going to remind you, I wasn't bothering you. You're the one that came to me with it. And that means that I won't hop into conversations that I'm not a part of to make a point. I won't do that. I think that's rude. Um... But if you're with me one-on-one and you ask me, so what do you think about Trump? You think that we should get rid of Trump? I'm going to tell you that you're out of your damn mind. From my perspective, that if you think we should get rid of Trump, you're out of your damn mind. If you if you ask me, well, what do you think about Trump's response to COVID-19? And I said, you know what? It was as good as it could be under the circumstances. Trump's biggest mistake was listening to anything that came out of the World Health Organization. He learned that, and that's why he severed ties. And then, I'll, and then I'll go through the timeline with you about how China decided to not disclose 
pertinent information about COVID-19 and how the World Health Organization basically just went along with it. While people were while people in China were dying and and caused so many deaths around the world. So, and you want to blame that on Trump? Well, then that's a mighty gymnastic leap. But I can't I guess I can't stop you. Again. But what I'm finding out is that there are a lot of younger people who are not buying all the hype. They're not buying all the hype about BLM, Black Lives Matter, especially the organization. They're not buying all the hype about COVID-19 and the and, and, and this pandemic and the uh, the response. There are people who aren't buying it. And I said this last night, I think, on my way home, you know, uh, mainstream media and social media want to shame people who don't want to wear masks as being selfish or, or who, who think social distancing uh, and wearing masks and face shields and all this stuff is, they think, that, you know, think, they think it's, it's overdone, overblown. They want to characterize these people, like myself, as selfish and ignorant and science deniers and on and on and on, all sorts of negatives. When the fact is that we just don't believe you. None of us, nobody wants anybody to die unnecessarily. But these people, by their own numbers, by their own miscalculations, by their own manipulations, have been found out. And so now, we don't believe you. And I'm finding more, and the, the encouraging thing is, I'm finding more and more young people who are coming to that conclusion pretty much by themselves. And it happened in Florida, and I can tell you what happened in Florida. It happened in Florida um, due to the latest spike in, in COVID-19 cases, where there was the opening of bars and clubs and the like, and people went back to their lives. And then, I mean, and, and as that was happening, there were spikes already already happening. And then the there were the protest march of 10,000 people happening and the looting and the rioting. And here, here in Hillsborough County anyway, some of these young people said, wait a minute, you're blaming this on me? What about that over there? And that started some of them thinking. Maybe the reaction to this is capricious. At, at, at the least, capricious. Huh. And so they started, so people are starting to do a little investigative work on their own. And actually starting to pay attention to how how viruses are spread, how viruses have happened in this country, how pandemics 
basically happen every year. The flu, the seasonal flu is a pandemic. Happens every year. Every year. And so now you're looking at people who are who are understanding that even by the numbers given out by CDC or the John Ho- or John Hopkins or whomever, that 99% of people who have been diagnosed with COVID-19 are still alive. They're still alive. They're able to figure out on their own that this call for ventilators was political. And you're asking, well, as long as you're asking, how could you say that? Well, because it is my thought that Governor Cuomo never thought in a million years that Trump would be able to pull off getting enough ventilators to New York. He never thought in a million years that that, that Trump would be able to get it going to the Javits Center and make a whole and, and, and turn that place into a hospital with a whole bunch of beds, not for COVID patients but for regular patients to get them out of the hospital so the, so the hospitals wouldn't be overrun. Uh, we saw, um, what's her name? Uh, Rachel Maddow talk about there's no way that a Navy hospital ship would be steaming into New York Harbor in a couple of days. That at most it would take a couple of months. And three days later... The USS Hope was steaming into New York Harbor with high-tech equipment waiting to take patients. <coughs> and we're finding out, and many young people are finding out that even with all of that, they weren't used. Not nearly to the degree that Cuomo and the like and the Blasio were were screaming about they needed 40,000 ventilators and then what did we find out we find out that putting people on ventilators was probably killing them putting on some of these folks on ventilators was probably killing that's what was killing them oh yeah not everybody who has pneumonia gets put on a ventilator. That was probably making them weaker. That, that's what we found. That's what we found out. Well, we found out that that when Trump mentions mentioned hydrochlor hydroxychloroquine, Dr. Fauci sort of sucked his tongue and shook his head. You know. Dr. Burke was a little less condescending. But Trump says, may work. If it works, great. If it doesn't, we'll go on to something else. About Trump's <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> approach to uh, hydroxychloroquine was pretty measured. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, we'll do something else. Media comes out pretending that um, Trump is 
is trying to sell hydroxychloroquine to people and he's not he just learned about it mentioned it and then we and then we started learn and then we learned and then we learned that hydroxychloroquine was actually working and actually saving lives that's what we learned but media kept the kept that drum beat going that this was Trump's drug and it didn't work and young people are finding out this information they may not have known three months ago or four months ago but they know now and they're not buying it now they may not, I doubt the people that I talk to will turn into uh, ardent MAGA Trump supporters but they're starting to do something that the left hates to have happen people are asking questions and demanding answers and F Trump is not an answer Trump's racist is not an answer to some of these questions why did the media go so hard against Trump on hydroxychloroquine when now we're fine now again more studies are coming out that it is a wonderful therapeutic and young people are finding these things out young people are asking the questions wait a minute how is it how is it even possible that me going to a bar is stupid and selfish and spreading COVID-19 and killing grandma in a group of 50, 70 people in a, in a bar and groups of 10,000 protesters aren't doing the same thing because that was a narrative. Protests aren't causing, aren't causing a spread. Now, the article I read was absolutely incredible because the idea in the article was it's because they were these people were causing so much havoc others were staying home and that's why these protests might have actually think about this actually slowed the spread of COVID-19 incredible isn't it nobody's buying it like I said these people aren't stupid or selfish this, the, no one's buying your arguments because your arguments and your and this discussion is ridiculous and foolish. That's what's happening. Now that's and and that really is the exciting part. The exciting part is that people are asking questions. Young people are asking questions. So I'm encouraged. I'm going to tell you what I am encouraged now there's lots of work to do I ain't going to tell you there's not work to do there's lots of work to do we're a long way from where we need to be as a conservative quote movement end quote we're a long way from where we need to be we got way too many distractions. We have, we are concerned with way too many things that don't matter. I am 
posted on my Facebook page on, on, on July 4th that a picture of the, uh, of the American flag, uh, Old Glory. And my comment was, and still is, this is the only flag that conservatives slash Republicans need to be defending. This idea that we need to, to, to be involved in this distraction of protecting the Virginia Confederate battle flag is foolish. Who cares? They were the Democrat rebels. Why are we busy trying to defend their flag? Why did we take why why suddenly did we take up that cause? I got you know, I got to give a hat tip to Alfonso Rachel to hipping me with that bit of realization. Before I didn't care, but now after listening to Zoe, I I'm, I'm irritated every time I hear conservatives or Republicans defending the Confederate flag as a part of history. Why are we defending that? The only flag that we need to defend is old glory. That's it. That's the country in which I live in. Republicans defending this, uh, this Democrat symbol of war and rebellion seems dumb. And, and what happens is, and I, and, and I know some of you just, just flipped out, but what happens is it gets Republicans and conservatives into these, uh, what I call pig wrestling events. What's pig wrestling? Well, pig wrestling is something where you start, you wrestle with a pig, you get dirty, and the pig likes it. You're never going to win. You're never going to win. So it's better not to get involved in the first place. It's better not to get involved. So, again, I'm excited that young people, that young people that I'm that, that I've gotten to talk to in the past couple of days are really starting to understand a little bit. They're starting to ask more questions. They ask me questions about the media. Is the media corrupt? Is the media really the enemy of the people? Well, I believe it is, and I give them examples. And then they go, yeah, I kind of thought that too. I'm giving a lot of them confirmation on things they've already considered. The cool thing is that... if you listen to mainstream media, you would never think that young people are are considering alternatives. Is Trump one of their alternatives? I don't know. I think for a lot of people, probably not. But there, but a lot of them are going to be in a position where they are not going to blindly be supporting Democrats anymore, or liberals anymore, for sure. Progressives, for sure. They've heard. You know, most of them are are either in university now or um, fresh out of university, and they've heard their professors for years spout this stuff. And what they're finding out is that their professors are spouting out narratives, especially the white kids, 
that talk bad about them, denigrate them and their parents and their heritage and their culture, like somehow they're the problem. Somehow because I had I grew up in a house with both of my parents and they were able to afford college for me, I'm the problem. And they're asking, how is that? How am I the problem? Well, because you're privileged. Well, they had to get grades and get in a university like everybody else, so they don't feel privileged. So they're tired of being called racist. They're tired of being called the problem. They're tired of it. So this is this is an interesting thing that's happening. I'm get again I and I'm really excited about it that this is an interesting thing that's starting that's starting to take place. Again, we are a long way away from where we need to be for sure. But I think a lot of good things a lot of good things are happening. There's a lot of potential here. Let's not get distracted. Let's stay focused. All right. Um, traffic here is. I mean, they're working on the road here. I, I took. I took the interstate. I should should not have taken the interstate. Um, it's taking actually more time now than it would have. If I had taken the surface roads, but here I am. I'm stuck, uh, which is good for you. <laughs> um, I don't know if I've spoken specifically about Black Lives Matter, but I'm going to do that now. Black Lives Matter, the statement seems innocuous enough, doesn't it? It seems ridiculous to even say anything contrary to it. Well, Black Lives Matter. Well, yeah. Well, all lives matter. Well, Black Lives Matter. And people have used the um, this weird analogy if you had uh, you know, if he had three houses and the fire department came and they were putting out a fire at one of the houses and then you said, well, wait a minute, all houses matter. Yeah, but right now, this one's on fire. And a lot of people, a lot of people left, put on the left took, took that as an analogy that made them comfortable, that made sense to them. Now, there's a, there's a couple of problems with that. And the main problem is, is this. The problem is, who set the house on fire? Frankly, I don't think that people should risk their lives if somebody set their own damn house on fire. And the, and the house fire that you're talking about... Democrats set the damn house on fire. 
they started years ago. Now we can go back in recent history, and for me, this is recent history because I'm old. Oh, was it Johnson's War on the Poor and the Not So Great Society that basically destroyed the family? And these urban planners that put black people who are homeowners at some at, at one point or another are in these high-rise reservations because that's what they were in these communities, these pre-planned communities that we ended up, we ended up calling the PJs, right? They were the, the, the PJs are nothing more than high-rise reservations. That's it. Where a lot of black people were taken out of the other parts of the community and forced, basically forced to live here. How were they forced? They were forced by gentrification that's been going on for years. They were forced by um, the tax codes. They were forced by, by rising property values that increase the taxes on their property. Um, yeah. Aggressive, overly aggressive code, code enforcement. So now you got a majority of black people in some of these urban centers living in the PJs in these high-rise reservations and you could live there for near free if there was no working people or a working husband or man in the household if you're a white supremacist trying to destroy the black community you start off with at that at that point, which was the part that was the strongest component of the black community, the family, and you would try your best to tear it down somehow to destroy it, because after a few generations, after a few generations, it would be impotent. The black family would be impotent. A few generations of black men not marrying the mother of their children. Black, black children not growing up with a strong influence in the house. A few generations of that. A few iterations of that. You get what you have now. Now I know there's a lot of black men who aren't married to their you know, today, babies, mom, baby mamas that, that do the best they can, they're busting their ass. Stop telling me about that. I know that exists. But we got to talk about what's happening on the larger scale. That's not the larger scale. And we got to stop getting all butthurt when someone talks in generalizations. Because you can't talk about anything unless you can talk about it in generalizations. But this idea that this isn't happening to save people's feelings 
is ludicrous. So we've got to start talking about the the the, the black nuclear family. It is it is more important than ever. It's more important than ever. Get married, have kids in that order. Not everybody's done that, and some people are doing the best they can, and some people are doing great. I understand. It is not the best way to go. And to be honest, if you talk to a lot of these women especially, they'll tell you it's not the best thing. If you talk to some of these black women, they'll tell you they, you know what, it happened, they dealt with it, but they wouldn't suggest it to anybody else. It's only the white women, the white, the white liberal women, who defend it because they're so full of guilt about their own crappy lives that they will defend anything that they think black people will agree with them on. It's foolishness. It's insanity. It's crazy. Absolutely insanity. So when we're talking about Black Lives Matter, we have to understand that there's two things going on. There's the phrase, and there's the organization. It's hard to you know, it's hard to say the phrases, I mean, to go against the phrase, but you can damn sure go against the organization. The organization is a George Soros Marxist organization that does not have the best interests of black people in mind. It does not, by any stretch of the imagination. Are there Black Lives Matter daycares? Are there Black Lives Matter um, schools? Are there Black Lives Matter clinics and hospitals? Are there Black Lives Matter doctors? Are there Black Lives Matter um, anything in the community? No. Black Lives Matter show up. They show up when some crap goes down in the hood and in particularly when an unarmed black person is killed by a white cop. That's the only time you hear from them. Black lives don't matter in Chicago. Black lives don't matter um, in, um, where was it? In, in Atlanta. When that little boy got, when the little baby got shot, eight-year-old got killed and it wasn't from police? Are you serious? Now, I know that on the internet, there's some people out there who are um, blaming it on, uh, what is it, Operation Boogaloo or some some nonsensical, ridiculous straw man like that? No. These are rioters, the rioters, they are ne'er-do-wells who are causing havoc and, and corruption and disruption. 
And one of the victims was this black child. The same thing happened in Seattle in, at, at, at Chaz. This 19-year-old black man was killed inside there. And, nobody, and it's funny, nobody knows a damn thing. The police didn't even talk to his father until they found out that he was going on the Sean Hannity show. The mayor had not gotten a hold of him at all. Nobody had gotten a hold of, 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 this, of this poor man to say, uh, we, we are trying to find out what happened to your son. Black lives, some black lives matter. And, and, and you know what? And, I, and you're right, I'm, I'm about to wrap up, but I got to get to Black Lives Don't Matter and Planned Parenthood clinics. Black, black lives are a cash cow. And Planned Parenthood um, clinics, the most dangerous place to be for a black child is in their mother's uterus in a Planned Parenthood clinic. That is the most dangerous place for a black child to be. Do black lives matter then? No. And you know what? There are people who don't want to talk about that. I and mean, there, are, there are people who are, um, I guess, black libertarians who don't want to talk about this. Because they don't want to get distracted. Well, the fact of the matter is that people are dying. You know how the left always say, yeah, that's why people are dying. Well, if you go on a Planned Parenthood clinic and you're supporting Planned Parenthood, you just want people to die. Doesn't have anything to do with life could be easier and blah, 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 and poverty and all, all that crap that um, Margaret Sanger brought up. doesn't unless you're a eugenist the fact of the matter is that if you support Planned Parenthood you just want people to die that is the bulk of what they do the bulk of what they do. They kill children. They murder them. They chop them into pieces. They suck them out of their mother's uteruses. And unless they can sell some body parts, that's Dr. Mingle and stuff, isn't it? They throw them away like so much trash. That's what they do. So if you can support a Planned Parenthood clinic, then you just want people to die. And if you could support a, a Planned Parenthood cl clinic in the black neighborhood, you just want black people to die. You got to get out of here. Thank you ever so much for coming by um, and checking out the um, the Take Home Edition of 2020 on July 7th, 2020. In the uh, check out the website. <clears throat> Please check out the website. Fightbackmedia.com, fightbackmedia.com, fightbackmedia.com. Uh, my friend Paul Swanson has a new website, the, the swansonreport.net, the swansonreport.net, the swansonreport.net. Check it out as well. 
Um, we've got clips and YouTube channels from the Red River, Red River TV with Kevin and Janelle Batt. And, of course, um, the Zoloff with Alfonso Rachel. All on the fightbackmedia.com, fightbackmedia.com website. Thank you ever so much. So until we see you again, go out there and learn something, love somebody. And for goodness sakes, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, take care of yourselves. We will see you when we see you. Bye-bye now.